In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul writing to the church there at Rome, he instructed them after giving them lengthy insight into their relationship with God under the new covenant, under the dispensation of the grace of God, contrasting that with the old covenant under the law of Moses. He encouraged them to admonish them to present their bodies as a living sacrifice, to be holy, acceptable to God. And he said, it's your reasonable service. And in Romans chapter 12, in the second verse, he said, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we've been talking about the transforming grace of God, how God's grace really is able to bring transformation in our lives, that it really is possible for our lives to change, that we can experience change. We don't need to be stuck in the same habit patterns that we've been stuck in for years. We really don't need to be stuck, and we don't need to accept negative traits that we may have inherited from, from, from generations before us, thinking, well, my family was always an angry family, or my family was always this type of family, an addictive family, so, you know, so I'm stuck with that same situation in my life as well. We, you, we can break the cycle. Yes. The cycle can be broken. The transforming grace of God in our lives is able to bring about significant Christ-like transformation in our lives. We, we gave examples of the Apostle Paul, how he stated how he was a, violent, a violently angry person. But he was transformed by the grace of God and became an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, wrote most of the letters in the New Testament. We talked about uh, Martha, Mary's sister Martha, how she was a server, but we see her in the Scripture. She is serving but complaining. Then later we see her in John chapter 12, how she's again serving, but now she's serving, but she's not complaining any longer. So when we're talking about transformation, we're not talking about changing your, your gifts or your talents. You know, the grace of God, you've been given certain gifts and certain talents in your lives, but we, we, the goal is to come into a place where I'm using my talents for God without murmuring or without wishing I had someone else's skills or someone else's talents wishing I could be what someone else is called to be, but rather to accepting who God has called us to be and to serve God in that arena with joy and no longer complaining about it. So Martha experienced transformation. We looked at the apostle Peter, how he had been transformed as well. You know, he seemed like he couldn't do anything right. He'd open his mouth and insert foot and, you know, just everything he tried to do, even the good things he tried to do, he ended up not doing them quite right. But, you know, he got a hold, the, the transforming grace of God got a hold of him and brought about transformation in his life. God didn't give up on him. God used him to write two New Testament books, first and second Peter and he ends 2 Peter, the last, the last verse in 2 Peter 3.18. He said, but, you know, he wants us to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Peter had a grace awakening, and he had a grace transformation. We also experience grace transformations in our lives, and we do not need to remain stuck. We should not be wrestling with the same things we've been wrestling with for all of our lives. We should be able to look back and say, okay, I'm making progress in this. I may not... Uh, may not have 
leaped over the final hurdle yet, but I'm, I'm coming up on it. I'm bearing down on it, and I'm about to go over the final hurdle into complete victory in, in, in Jesus' name. By the grace of God, I'm seeing myself free. I'm seeing myself empowered by the grace of God, no longer a slave to sin, no longer enslaved to fear, no longer enslaved to insecurity, no longer enslaved to uh, 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 a, a poor self, a poor self image and, and no longer being enslaved by being worried about what other people are thinking about you. You know, that's one of the biggest wastes of times we have in life. We've spent so much time wondering what other people are thinking. And as of today, you can stop that completely because I can tell you what other people are thinking about you. <laughs> I can tell you exactly what they're thinking about you. Are you ready for it? Yes. Nothing. They're not even thinking about you. <laughs> They're thinking about other things or themselves or yeah, anyways, but you get, you get my point, right? So you're free in Jesus' name. See that? You got transformation. I only got started. I'm only two minutes into my message and you're good to go. <laughs> so turn back to Romans chapter five again, just for a moment. I wanna, want to take a moment, just reemphasize a couple of verses that we touched on briefly last week. And I want you to see this in light of the transforming grace of God. Grace being God's ability in us to enable us to do what we cannot do in our own strength. But we have uh, three verses here. The whole, the whole chapter is good. Matter of fact, the whole letter is good, but especially chapter 5 and chapter 6 of Romans are, are, are my favorites within the book of Romans. But here in chapter 5, I want you to uh, draw your attention to verse 15. It says, But the free gift is not like the offense, for if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God. Everyone say, much more the grace. <laughs> Keep saying that phrase. Get that phrase into your mind. Be thinking about it. That way, when, whatever's confronting you, Get into a habit of thinking, yes, that happened, that was said, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking, but much more the grace. But much more the grace. And then apply the grace of God. It says, but much more, much more the grace of God and the gift, and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. It abounded. It was not just a trickle, not just barely enough, but it abounded to you. Verse 17 that for one, by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace. Much more those who receive abundance of grace. And of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Verse 20, says, moreover the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Grace abounded much more. So the lesson that we can draw from these three much more verses, I call them much more verses, much more phrases, is that grace abounds much more than any problem you may be dealing with. Not denying that there are trials and tribulations in this world. We, we emphasized that last week. There are situations in life. I remember some years ago, someone was challenged me and say, all you ever do is you teach about faith to overcome. You, 
You never talk about issues and say, well, what are we overcoming? The faith that I'm teaching you is to overcome what? It's not to overcome victories. It's not to overcome success. The faith, the trust in God that we teach and emphasize is faith to overcome the trials, the tribulations, the, the, the enemy roaming around seeking who he may devour. It's faith to overcome that. Yes. Amen? And, and grace, likewise, grace, yes, we have trials, we have tribulations, life is real, we are citizens of heaven, we are occupying a hostile territory in the kingdoms of this world. It's a dark world. It continues to become darker as we get closer to the end of times. It will continue progressively to get darker. Sin is more blatant. Sin is more open. It is more, it is more vocal. It's louder. It's in your face. That's the world system. But to become discouraged about the world and, and, and to throw up our hands in exasperation, thinking, well, there's nothing we can do. You know, the church is doomed. The church is failing. The, the world is just becoming so dark. Sin is becoming so in your face, becoming so loud and so bold. You know, we lost the battle. We haven't lost the battle. The Word of God teaches us that where sin is abounding, Notice we're not denying that sin is abounding. Sin is abounding. It means it's progressively, the word abounding means it's progressively growing and expanding. Has anybody witnessed that? I mean, you can, it's, it's, you can hardly get away from it. Everywhere we turn, we're seeing it. It's in your face. And it's, it's challenging. But it, it's abounding. It's expanding. But the, what I want to encourage you is don't be stuck on sin abounding. Get yourself fixed on, settled in a grace that does much more. Say much more. A grace that much more abounds. Much more abounds. And so that's where we need to be thinking. We talked about when we, when we teach about meditating on the Word of God, thinking on those things that are pure, those things that are lovely, those things that are of good report. That's what we're talking about. Think on the things that are pure, the things that are lovely. It's lovely. It's pure. It's good report to know that, yes, sin is abounding. Yes, sin is, the world is a very dark place. It's very in your face today. Challenging, even challenging the institution of the church. I never thought the church would be challenged in some of the areas that it's being challenged in concerning uh, uh, marriage and, and, and other issues that, you know, that are just coming against the church. But it, it's reality, it's the world that we live in. But the good news is, grace does much more abound. So that we continue to focus on the grace of God, continue to draw on the grace of God. It's the transforming power of God working in us, enabling us to do what we otherwise cannot do in our own strength. So focus on, draw on grace. Do not give all your attention on the sin that abounds. Focus on the grace that does much more abound. As the Apostle Paul wrote to the, uh, to the leaders in the book of Acts, as he, had, he had a leadership conference, and as, as the leaders, the different ministers were leaving to go back to their respective towns, the Apostle Paul, he said, I, I commend you to the grace of God, which is able to build you up 
and to give you an inheritance. He said, I'm turning you over to the grace of God. Parents, your children are going to school. Whether it be elementary school, kindergarten, preschool, or college, grad school, you know, sometimes it's hard as parents to release them and, and to let them go. But, you know, we, we send them out, we commend them to the grace of God, which is able to build them up, able to protect them, able to give, bring them into their inheritance in Christ Jesus. So we need to, we always are training and releasing in the spirit of trust and confidence in the God of hope, in the God of all grace. His grace is more than sufficient. And so train yourself to be thinking on and to be meditating on the grace that does much more abound. The very next confrontation you have with sin, with darkness, with someone, uh, you, you're, you, you overhear it, you're exposed to it, you're challenged by it, don't lock up in it, but rather just immediately say, thank God his grace abounds. It's far superior to this attack that's coming against me right now. This image that's trying to capture my attention, grace does much more abound, and I can focus my thoughts and my attention on the Lord Jesus Christ. I can think on those things that are above and not on those things that are beneath by the grace of Almighty God. I have the power, the strength, the ability to overcome in Jesus' name. Amen? Grace does much more abound. Let's say this together. Where sin abounds, grows and expands, grace does much more abound. Amen. So be thinking on it. And that's applicable to your life. See, what's just getting difficult? Well, grace, there's grace for that. There's grace for that. You can overcome it. Amen. Continue to draw on it. Continue to draw in Jesus' name. So for where sin exists in abundance and is multiplying and expanding, that is precisely the time and place where grace is poured out in a far greater and surpassing measure. Learn to receive it and to abound in it. Well, Pastor Ray, how do I receive it? I'm so glad you asked that because I just happened to have the, question, the answer to that question for you. It's found right there in Romans. Somewhere here in Romans. Let me find it real quick. Verse 2. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Romans 5 verse 2. We have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So you access grace by faith. You trust God for it. You believe God for it. Say, thank you, Father. I'm accessing your grace. In Hebrews chapter 4, we're told to come to the very throne of God's grace, that we may obtain mercy and to find grace to help us in that time of need, in that time of need. So grace is readily available. God's strength is readily available, empowering you, causing you to walk in the favor of God, in the wisdom of God, in the strength of God supernaturally getting through circumstances that you may look back on and say, I don't know how I got through that. I'm not sure how we got through that, but we got through it. Well, that wasn't a one-time. Grace isn't just for that one-time event. It's for every day, every moment of every day, getting you through anything that you need to get through, anything you need to get over, anything you need to get around. Grace is always available. It's always available. So continue to draw on it. By faith, draw on it. Praise God. 
Now, in the book of Titus, which is a little, just a one-page book there, right before the book of Hebrews, that'll help you find it. We have Timothy, Titus, and then Philemon. There's two little books, Titus and Philemon, right before the book of Hebrews. But in Titus chapter 2, gives us another unique quality of the grace of God, character of God's grace. In verse 11 of Titus chapter 2, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So we know that we're saved by grace through faith, not a works lest any man should boast. But then in verse 12, it that the, you know, verse 11 says, the, great, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, and here's what it's available to do for you, for all of us. Teaching us, teaching us, so the grace of God is your teacher as well. It's not just your strength. It's not just abounding toward you, but it's also teaching you and what it's teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So it's important that you understand that. And the reason I want to bring this up is because many times among I don't mean this to be just a, a wet blanket or being negative on the church, but many times when, when grace is presented or, or people are talking about grace, it, they have this concept or this idea, they bought into a lie that it doesn't matter what I do because we're no longer under law, we're not living under grace. Well, that tells me right up front that you don't understand grace. You think you do, but you don't. The concept of we're no longer under the law, we're not under the grace of God, therefore I can do whatever I want because it's okay, I'm forgiven in Jesus Christ. That's not what grace teaches. And that's not what grace church teaches. That's not what the word of God teaches and it's not what Pastor Ray teaches. The grace of God teaches us that denying ungodliness denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. This age, in the dispensation of grace, we are to live godly lifestyles. We are to live soberly, righteously, and godly. That's what we are called to live. And we can live a sober lifestyle. We can live a righteous lifestyle, and we can live a godly lifestyle that is pleasing to God by the strength of the grace of God. And to live a godly lifestyle does not mean that uh, a whole bunch of man-made rules and regulations. To live soberly does not mean a bunch of man-made rules and and regulations. The Bible has much to say about sobriety, to think soberly, to not, to not be thinking, with, don't have your thought life being intoxicated. So yes, it addresses intoxication in the natural with alcohol, but it, that's primarily not what it's talking about here. What it's talking about here is that we are to live soberly. We are, we are to live, our minds are not to be running wild on us. We're not supposed to just, our, you know, our imagination and our mind is not just running wild and, and, and into dark places, but rather we gird up the loins of our minds and we think soberly. You know, as we think along the lines, I, I make my mind think in alignment with the Word of God. What does the grace of God teach about this? What does God's Word say about this? What would Jesus say in this situation? That's what's living soberly. 
Having your mind in check, not letting your, not, not letting your mind be captivated by fear. Well, Pastor Ray, I, I just can't help it. I'm just afraid. Well, you think you can't help it. You think you're just afraid, but there is help. And I say that with all sincerity and compassion. We don't need to continually be bound up by a spirit of fear. That's not being sober. A spirit of fearful attitude and a spiritual thoughts are really intoxicated thoughts. Your, your mind is not in control. The picture of an intoxicated person is they, they just lose all restraint. They have, you know, there's no filter. And just say anything or do anything. Well, likewise, in, in the spiritual realm, if people are not sober and they just let their mind be captivated and intoxicated with a spirit of fear, you just continually are speaking all kinds of fearful things. And then you keep wondering why they keep happening. So we can, you know, God's grace is abundantly available in your life where that fear abounds and continually grows and expands. God's grace, his peace, his wisdom super abounds toward you. Tap into it. Tap into the grace of Almighty God. It's build you, it'll build you up. It'll bring you into your position of your inheritance. So live soberly. Have your mind in alignment with the word of God. Think God thoughts. Think thoughts. Think on those things that are pure, those things that are lovely, those things that are of good report. Philippians uh, chapter 4 teaches that. To not be anxious about anything, but let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. And goes on and says, think on those things that are good, pure, praiseworthy, lovely. You know, sober up. Have some coffee. <laughs> and start thinking on the word of God. Start thinking on the word of God. Living righteously. Grace teaches us to live righteously and godly in this present age. It teaches us how to live. We don't have to be wondering. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to, we don't have to conform to this world. But we can be transformed by the grace of Almighty God. It is so readily available to us in every season, in every circumstance of life. The grace of God is there, is here for us. And we are instructed in the word of God to come to a place where we are good stewards of the manifold grace of God in 1 Peter 4.10. To be good stewards of the manifold, multifaceted grace of God. It's not just one-dimensional. It's not one-dimensional. It's multi-dimensional, multifaceted. It's manifested in so many different ways. We are most familiar with it in salvation. We are saved by grace through faith. But it's available in all the other areas that we've been talking about concerning our lives. And so continue to tap into the grace of Almighty God and, and learn to steward it well and apply it and allow the teacher of, of, of grace to do a work in you and, and to serve it well in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm pausing here to think if I want to open up another section or I think I'm going to run out of time if I do that. So, so we'll have to pick it up again next week.
But in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I'll just tell you where my thoughts are, are headed. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, the Apostle Paul uses the churches of Macedonia as an example to the churches at Corinth. And the churches of Macedonia were experiencing severe trials, tribulations, and deep poverty. Everyone say severe trials and deep poverty. And that's pretty tough, is it not? I mean, that's some tough times. If you're having some really, really difficult trials and tribulations and you're having deep poverty, I mean, that's, that's when nothing's going well for you. It's just not working very well. But when you read that chapter, you're going to find out that they, there was bestowed on them a gift from God. And guess what that gift was? Grace. The grace of God was bestowed upon them, and it, right in the middle of their deep poverty, right in the middle of their deep trials of affliction, grace was given to them by God. It enabled them, and it made them willing. I love that. It enabled them and made them willing. It enabled them to do what and made them willing to do what? Well, you're going to have to come back next week to find that or you can read it yourself. But, but just know that the grace of God was given to a people that were experiencing deep poverty, really tough trials and tribulations. Afflictions were coming against them, but grace turned it all around. Grace turned it around for them. And then later in the chapter, when he, goes, when he uses that church as an example to the church at Corinth, he makes his statement, see to it, see to it that you grow in that grace also, in this grace also. So grace is a teacher, and we're to grow in it, in Jesus' name. So you're good students, I can tell by looking at you. You're very bright, you're very hungry, and you're gonna come back next week to find out how did that end? Did that end well? And you're gonna bring someone with you because you're gonna tell someone this week, you really need to hear, Pastor Ray opened up something and he didn't finish it, so we need to go back and get the ending of it. All right, is that a good deal? Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for everyone here this morning. I thank you for those that are hearing it. Lord God, via whatever media platforms are listening to it on, I just thank you and I praise you, Father, that in Jesus' name, that your grace is super abounding right in the middle of adversity. Right in the middle of our deepest trials and tribulations, your grace is super abounding toward us and we receive it we receive you we receive your grace as our teacher teaching us to live soberly righteously and godly in this present time that we're in father and that we uh, are not abusive to grace but we receive it and we apply it appropriately and abundantly in the name of jesus we are more than conquerors through jesus christ we thank you for it and father i pray right now for every household to experience a supernatural impartation of grace. Impart it. Cause us to abound in it. Lead us, guide us, empower us, strengthen us, and provide for us in Jesus' name, name above all names. Eyes closed just for a moment. If you may be here this morning, you've never received the grace in salvation. You're not born again. You don't know if, if you would go to heaven for eternity if you were to die. 
You, you don't know that, but you can get that settled in your heart this morning by receiving the greatest gift of all, the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So if you'd like for me to pray with you for that, we all pray together. You say, I'm not sure if my eternity is secure or not, if I'd spend eternity with Jesus, but I'd like to make sure it's secure. Would you please just slip up your hand if you want me to agree with you and pray with you, anyone at all? All right, I don't see any hands raised, so I trust that you've made that decision. If you need anyone else to pray with you for anything, just make your way up to the front here. They'll be happy to meet you here and to pray with you. And so other than that, you have a terrific, terrific rest of the day. We look forward to seeing you uh, next Sunday morning. So God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Have a great week.